This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Yesterday, the government very quietly passed a bill that would totally reorganize the way health care is delivered here in Ontario. The Liberals say it will streamline services and make it easier for patients to get what they need. It's called the Patients First Act. The opposition calls it the Bureaucracy First Act. Doctors hate it, and the nurses say it has fundamental flaws. We've been wading through a lot of the bureaucratic jargon and trying to figure out exactly what it means for you. And of course, we're going to want to hear from you. The numbers 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, let's go to Nadia Alam, who is a physician and future board member with the Ontario Medical Association. Nadia, hi. Hi, Libby. Thank you so much for having me on the show again. Okay, well, uh, so uh, what's wrong with this bill? There's plenty of things wrong with this bill. The things that I find most objectionable is that instead of using money towards actual frontline services like personal support workers and home care or knee replacements or cataract surgeries or uh, MRI wait times, instead of putting money towards the services that actually matter to patients, the government's choosing to put it towards more bureaucracy and more unnecessary bureaucracy. That's the worst part of it all. Okay, well, uh, they're saying that they're not going to hire any more people. Just to uh, backtrack a little bit and explain a little bit more to the listeners, one of the things that is going to happen in this is uh, there are now community care access centers. Uh, Those are the people that you have to be in touch with if you need home care to arrange it. There are now 14 of those. Those units have been criticized by the Auditor General. They uh, spend 40 cents on the dollar on administration and that adds up to about a billion dollars it's a huge amount of money uh so these things are going to be gotten rid of that sounds like a good thing however they're just all the people that work there are going to be transferred over to a new level called a sub-LIN. A LIN is a local health integrated network another unit that was criticized Auditor General, and there are now going to be more of these smaller local units, and there are going to be up to 80 of those. And uh, the promise is, first of all, they're just transferring over all all the bureaucracy that's already there. They're promising there won't be any more, though. I know that that's what they're saying. That's certainly what uh, Mr. Paul Huris, who's a CEO of the Southeast Lint, has said to Uh, his constituents and in various newspaper articles maybe the math just doesn't add up it really doesn't they're hiring new executive directors 
They literally are in my Lynn. They're hiring new executive directors. They're expanding the Lynn board so that you can move the CCAC execs into the Lynn's. So it's this giant game of musical chairs where they keep adding on more chairs that we're paying for. It's, it's insanity, honestly. I'm not sure why they keep saying they're not going to increase the size of bureaucracy. When you have more executive directors, when you have more LIN leads when you, or sub-LIN leads, when you have more support staff to, to accept the bigger oversight, the larger oversight that the sub-LINs are going to have over the healthcare system, that the LINs are going to have over the healthcare system, I don't know how that doesn't translate to more bureaucracy. It honestly feels like the Liberals are talking out of both sides of their mouth here. Okay, so are, are, are you uh, certain that these new hires that they're making are, uh, you know, related to this? Yes, yes. I've been told. I've actually been uh, advised. I'm part of my family health team board, and one of the things we do is keep in touch with Arlen and, our sub, and the new sublins that are going to be starting up. And we've been told that there are going to be new executive directors hired. AFTO, the Association for Family Health Teams of Ontario, has been told there are new executive directors who are going to be hired to run these sublins. That's why it doesn't make sense when the government insists there's not going to be any bureaucracy when we see evidence of it right in front of us. Okay. Nadia, hang on there. Let's bring in Jeff Urich, who is the PC healthcare critic. Uh, Jeff, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Good afternoon. Sorry I'm a little late. I know you were just in a vote. That's a good excuse. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Okay, so we've just been talking about uh, this new massive reorganization. And uh, I was saying that uh, what I've been told by government people is that they are promising, even though they are transferring over community care access into way more of these sub-LINs, that there are not going to be any more people hired. Nadia says she knows that's not true. Uh, What do you say to that? Well, I mean... um We've seen from the Auditor General's report last year that community care access centers utilize 39% of the dollars they're given to the bureaucracy. And they've done nothing to change that in this transition other than to merge the two organizations. So at the same time, they're going to be creating new levels of bureaucracy at the sublin level. So I don't see how more money is not going to be going to the bureaucracy and not to the patient. Uh, what, what else do you make of this bill, Jeff? Well, this bill has done numerous uh, steps. Uh, it's uh, affected the patient-doctor relationship by now going to be creating standards, how doctors will perform their job, Lynn officials will be able to access patient records. It's uh, kind of an infringement on our healthcare system. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to make it harder and harder for people to access services and get the treatment they need on time. Uh, Nadia, uh, some people are criticizing the doctor's opposition to this. They're just saying that it, it, it comes down to a kind of power struggle, uh, politics. Uh, what do you say to that? This goes way beyond contracts with physicians and physician funding. This honestly goes towards the healthcare system. Doctors have been complaining for over a year now that, that the healthcare system no longer works that the services that our patients need, not just from doctors, but from home care, from nursing homes, from hospitals, from nurses, um, from physiotherapists, occupational therapists, the whole gamut, those services are not there. They don't match need. I know that my colleagues have said it. I've said it. 
we're seeing it over and over again. The government keeps trying to sidetrack the discussion back to physician pay. But that's not really what this discussion is about. This discussion, this particular act, is going to revamp the healthcare system in a bizarre way where the government is going to dictate medical standards. It's going to take a cookie-cutter approach to healthcare. It's going to um, infringe on patient privacy unnecessarily, and it's going to create more bureaucracy and more red tape, more hoops, basically, to jump through for frontline providers um, to access services for their patients. Like, it's just, it doesn't make sense, and it's all going to be on the taxpayer's time. The worst part about all of this is that healthcare, the government has said there's no extra money for healthcare. So if you look at healthcare as a pie, a bigger slice for bureaucracy and this flawed healthcare transformation means less for the services people actually need. Um, the Nurses Association is also against this, and uh, they have a very interesting objective, and they say that if the idea is to truly integrate the system, then you have to ensure that all the sectors of the system are under the umbrella, and they aren't because it leaves out home care providers and public health units. Who wants to speak to that? Well, I'll, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> listen, this, this legislation um, is moving the power structure back up to the Ministry of Health, and the, and the Nurse Association has come out saying that uh, there you have a concern with the LINs being not only the overseer of the system, but also in charge of service delivery. So there's an obvious conflict of interest that's being created here. And they'd like to see more of the care coordinators out into the community. Uh, it, it's, it's unfortunate the government has taken this tact uh, when they could have sat down with nurses, with doctors, with patients, who we heard at committee weren't even consulted, and created a system that really looked after the patient, but instead... We've seen an investment into increased bureaucracy and a power shift back up to the Ministry of Health, which does remove a lot of the local flexibility that's needed in our healthcare system. I'd like to try to drill down to f figure out exactly what it means for people who need the care. So I'm going to take an example of, of one of our frequent callers. It's Dave from Brampton. Dave's wife is bred bedridden. Uh, he needs to care for her full time. She gets home care an hour a day. He gets three hours a week to do everything that he needs to do to keep the household going. Um, what happened was... A couple of things came up. Uh, he had to appear in court. Plus, he hadn't been to a doctor in three years, hadn't been to a dentist in seven years. So he had to get a little bit of extra respite time. I, I can't even begin to talk about the hoops he had to go through. And one of the things that happened is that he called CCAC, the Community Access. You know, he talks to manager number one who says oh that's way above my pay grade kicks it upstairs it's way above the other person's pay grade so it took a third manager to be able to make a decision on this and then you wonder why there's no frontline person to deliver an extra hour or so of care well this system has been drastically rationed over the years because of the multiple levels of bureaucracy that's been created and and through this bill it doesn't remove any of them but create a new level of bureaucracy called the sublens. The CCAC structure is still intact. It's still moving over under the LIN structure. This uh, bill does not improve that situation for your, your caller. 
and uh, it, it's quite unfortunate. The government had a great opportunity to make uh, a transformation occur in our healthcare system, but they sided with creating more bureaucracy, investing in it instead of, as I said earlier, talking to patients, talking to frontline healthcare professionals, and developing a system that removes those barriers, those multi levels of bureaucracy, so that money's available and people can access treatment and services. Okay. Uh- Please hang on, both of you. We have to take a quick break. And callers, I'd like to know what your situation is. Uh, What care do you need to access that you're having trouble getting to? And what do you make of just a shift of this new layer of bureaucracy that you're going to have to deal with that's going to have a say over whether you get what you need or not? So I want to know... uh, Are you getting home care? Do you have issues getting home care? Uh, What about a family doctor? Do you have a family doctor? Is there any problem with that? What about other things that you might be waiting for? Uh, I know a number of people waiting for hip replacements, say, and it it takes months and months and months and months, and those are months where they can't function the way they do normally. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, We are talking about the bill passed very quietly yesterday that would totally reorganize the way healthcare is delivered in this province. And a lot of people who are directly involved with this really don't like it. We want to hear from you if you need home care and you're wondering how you're going to get it under this new reorganization. We want to hear from you if you've been waiting to get a family doctor or if you've been waiting for a procedure because uh, the people directly involved don't see how this is going to make those things happen any faster. On On the contrary, they think it's just going to add bureaucracy because there's a whole new level of bureaucracy being added. They're called sublins. There's going to be up to 80 of them, and they're going to be responsible for organizing and funding and, and doling out the care, and it's going to be based on geography. Uh, so the numbers to call you want to tell us what your situation is, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I am on the line with Jeff Urick, who is the PC healthcare critic, and Nadia Alam, who is a doctor and a future board member with the Ontario Medical Association. Welcome back. Uh, so let us start with Jeff, um, how do you think it's going to make it harder to access procedures, Jeff? Well, it's just uh, accessing a, another layer of bureaucracy uh, with regards to uh, uh, accessing care in the community. This bill does nothing to improve wait times for surgeries. It does nothing uh, to uh, improve uh, beds in the long-term care. This bill does nothing at all to improve that. What it does is it creates a new layer of bureaucracy adding to uh, a bureaucracy that's already created by this, uh, the CCACs, which takes 39% of our health care dollars and uses it to fund themselves instead of patient care. Well, and uh, it's, it's unfortunate. Well, hospitals, my understanding is that hospitals and long-term care aren't, aren't even coming under this umbrella. 
Not at all. I mean, the CCACs do place you in long-term care homes, but this government has not invested in one single new long-term care bed the entire 13 years they've been in government. Uh, they've, they've started to uh, rebuild some of the beds, but the population is increasing that needs access to these beds, but the government hasn't prepared to do so. And, and this bill doesn't even address that issue. Uh, my area of Ontario, uh, people wanting hip and knee replacement surgeries, they're already booked into the next year. They've run out of funding as of October this year, six months into this fiscal year, and they've run out of funding for those surgeries, which only increases the wait times and, and hurts the patients sitting at home who are unable to be active in the community because of the pain they're experiencing. Uh, it, it's a bad deal, and this bill doesn't do anything to correct that problem at all. Okay, well, you know, interesting, just this week we had the mayor of Havelock who was actually demonstrating at Queen's Park because uh, it's been five years since he asked for a 128-bed nursing home. The waiting list in his area is nearly 3,000 people, and uh, they're turned down. Well, yeah, and it's frustrating because uh, we we see this government continues to uh, invest in new experiments and bureaucracy in this province, which ultimately have failed Ontarians. Uh, we look at, at e-health at $8 billion spent, and we do not have an operating system yet. That $8 billion, if it was spent more appropriately, could probably have an e-health system functioning and money available to invest in our long-term care homes. But uh, Ontarians seem to be lost every time this government uh, creates a new experiment. They're forgotten about, and it's unfortunate that... Uh, bureaucracy continues to grow while health care services are rationed in this province. Okay, uh, let's hear from Catherine in Toronto. Hi, Catherine. Catherine? Hello? Catherine? Hello? Hello? Uh, yes. I want to turn the radio down. Okay. You always ask people to do that. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, please, um, I just wanted to say I just came through an operation at Sunnybrook in October and I had to negotiate the health care system myself um, because I, I went through something similar three years ago. So I kind of started at Sunnybrook after I got home with a, um, I think her title was CCAC coordinator. Right. And she rapidly told me that I did not qualify to get the kind of help I was needing, looking for. Um, I am 73 years old, and I was in hospital for six days and five nights. I had um, major surgery to repair a ventral hernia, so it's pretty serious, pretty painful. And Glad to I, hear you're doing better. Oh, yes, I'm doing wonderful. Well, I had a great surgeon, but when I uh, tried to compare it to three years ago when I did have cancer, um, I thought that I would be able to get home care with uh, personal support workers just to help me not so much with um, bathing issues but to change my bed and laundry what they used to be able to do and that is not the case anymore I was rapidly told that I knew that CCAC was or about to go into transition so I d really didn't know what to expect but I had to do a lot of phone calling myself and uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it was seven or eight phone calls, but I finally got um, the name of an agency, and that was TransCare. But I was, I, I don't want to demean their efforts, but I know of somebody who had a bad experience, and I really didn't want to go with them. So I, 
um, went with another agency in the Scarborough area, and they are nonprofits, uh, but I effectively had to hire my own help. Yeah, so you had to pay for it. I had to pay for it. Okay, yeah, well, um, uh, unfortunately, that's, uh, that's the case uh, for a lot of people. Um, Catherine, thank you very much for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, yeah, we're just about out of time. Uh, so starting with you, Nadia, very quickly, what do you want to leave us with? I want to say that doctors yesterday were not just disappointed, but they were angry. A lot of them were outright angry that at a time when healthcare resources are scarce and we need to put all of our funding towards services that actually help people, um, instead of doing that, the government is playing musical chairs with bureaucracy. It makes no sense. And Nadia, is there going to be a job action by doctors? They've threatened that. As it turns out, doctors are refusing to help the government implement Patients First. We find the act so objectionable that we're just not going to help them. We know that the government needs doctors to help figure out how to take funding for services and translate that into providing services, and we're just refusing to. Doctor after doctor after doctor from all corners of Ontario are resigning from committees tasked with turning the Patients First Act into reality. So we're simply not enabling them. They can figure it out themselves. They can dig their own graves if they want. We're still going to see our patients. We're still going to care for them. We're still going to serve them but we're no longer enabling the vast bureaucracy bloating our health care system. We're just oh, not. Okay. And uh, Jeff, in 30 seconds, please. Well, I, it's, it's unfortunate uh, that this government proceeded without any uh, true amendments uh, from the stakeholders they heard at deputations. Patient groups, healthcare professionals such as doctors, spoke out saying they were not consulted and this bill is going to be a failure at the end. It's going to hurt patients across this province, increase bureaucracy, and we're, we're sad that this government has continued on this tack. Okay, thank you both. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.